afternoon, everybody. And whether or not it's super integral for us to really understand the message of today's gospel or the homily, I just want to situate a little bit of what Mark is explaining to us, the context of the gospel. That Jesus is passing and working in this district of the Decapolis, a deca meaning ten, polis meaning city, area of the ten cities by the Sea of Galilee. Even though it's there in Israel in Jewish territory, the people who lived in the Decapolis were not Jews. Decapolis is a Greek term. Most of them were of Greek descent. And so Jesus came there, but he wasn't a superstar. He wasn't the Messiah. He wasn't the Son of God. He was just some preacher or some individual maybe they didn't even know. But yet, they had heard about his ability to heal, and so they brought this man to him. And Jesus healed him, but in a very unique fashion. Not in some very showy way, but he brought him off to the side and touched his ear and put that spittle on his tongue, and he cured him. Why is this important, or what am I trying to say, or what is the point? Is that here you have a guy who didn't know Jesus, who wasn't a Jew, but had this very unique and intimate encounter with the Lord. Even though scripture doesn't tell us what happened, imagine what happened to this guy's life after Jesus left. How did this very personal and intimate encounter with Jesus change his life? You might imagine that maybe he converted. Maybe he began to follow Jesus. He gave up his old way. He headed on this new path. His life was completely transformed because of this personal encounter. And again, I have no evidence of it, but you can imagine this is probably what happened. Something like that happened. Compare it then to a lot of the other work that Jesus did. He spends a lot of time preaching the gospel in front of large crowds. And you can imagine that people heard what Jesus said and their lives were changed. They were converted. They went to follow him. But the truth is, at least from my experience, I'm sure the experience of others, preaching to large crowds, even if it be the large crowd that we encounter at Mass, you can spread the seed all you want, and yeah, you may be going to touch a few hearts, you may be going to touch a few lives, but most of the people walk away and life goes on like it was before. It's not a significant conversion unless somehow you're some powerful preacher filled with the Holy Spirit. Lives generally are not changed, minds are not changed through speaking or preaching. Maybe your heart may be moved for a little bit, but most of the time, I've seen it. If preaching really was that effective, if me teaching was that effective, then maybe the church would be filled. But the fact of the matter is, most people are hearing what they already know. But what changes lives, what changes lives is what we see in the gospel today. Jesus encountering this man and taking him on the side and encountering him as a very, very personal individual and doing something which, of course, if someone came and stuck their finger in my ear and put spit in my tongue, I might be freaked out, but you get the message. The message is not that we should be doing this to other people. The message is it's that personal encounter with Jesus. 
But Jesus didn't have to say anything. Do you believe that I'm the Messiah? Do you want to follow me? Do you love me? He didn't have to say any of that. His actions, his love, his care, his affection spoke more, and we can assume changed this man's life. And so it speaks to us about what our responsibility is, not just me as a priest, but all of us as Christians. Whether we like it or not, we have the responsibility to spread the gospel. We are going to be evaluated, not just on our lives, but how many people we brought with us. And yes, we can have a podcast that talks about Jesus. We can go and tell everybody that we know about the Lord. We can love in a certain way, and that's all good. And maybe, indeed, minds and lives are going to be changed. But the real way that we're going to change things is by that intimate, one-on-one, personal contact. And I've seen it change lives. And I'm sure there are many of you in here because of someone you met, someone who took an interest in you, someone who showed you love, was living out the Christian faith, you might be here today as a result of that. Not so much the big preaching, but that one-on-one intimate contact, that personal contact. That's why I think what focus does is so important. I now all know what focus is, the Fellowship of Catholic University students, and we're happy to have and blessed to have missionaries here who dedicate their life to doing exactly that. That's what I pay them for, to go and have those one-on-one encounters and disciple people. Yeah, they lead Bible studies, but more of it is investing in people, to build up friendships, to build up relationships, and then be able to share the gospel. But the fact of the matter is, as good and as holy as they are, they can't bilocate. Bilocate means they're doing two places at one time. I wish they could bilocate, then I'd get double my money. The fact of the matter is they can't. And so it would be wonderful if our focused missionaries could disciple everybody and invest in their lives, but they simply can't. Neither can their disciples, the people they work with, who go and invest and do it also. Simply impossible. Now maybe if I had another $100,000, I'd get some more focused missionaries in here. But it's not worth it. What's worth it, if we're going to change things, is whether or not you're a focused missionary or not, it's your responsibility to do it. It's all of our responsibility to do it. It's not acting that much. Even introverts can do it. This is the perfect thing for introverts. It's one-on-one. <laughs> Throw it with the play and, oh, I don't want to do this because I'm, not, I'm an introvert. One-on-one. You don't got to really even say something. Invest in another person's lives. Show them love. Show them love of Christ. The reason that our churches are not packed is because we're not doing it. We're simply not doing it. And there are a number of reasons why, and I could get into it, and I don't think it's because of malice. I don't think it's because of hatred. It's probably, to a certain degree, we don't want to do it because we're going to let someone else do it. I don't need to do that. That's what Father was ordained for. I can't bilocate either. Jesus didn't give me that gift. I'd sleep. My bilocated self would be asleep, and the rest would be doing a crossword puzzle or something. But the fact of the matter is, we can't wait for others to do it. When we get to Jesus and say, well, Jesus is like, well, who, did you, who did you invest in? Who did you disciple? Well, I was waiting for someone else to do it. Oh, I don't know if that's the right answer. I don't think you're going to win Jeopardy for that. The other reason is probably because we're afraid of being rejected, of being looked down upon, of being laughed at. 
I'm not saying that we have to go to some random person on the street. Why don't we do it to the people that we already know, that we already love, to invite them to come deeper, to invest in them as Jesus did in this man's life. That way, again, if every single person here did this, invited someone to Mass, invited them to a Bible study, spent some time with them, loved them, offered to pray with them, we'd have to add another Mass. It doesn't take a lot. So that's my challenge to everyone in here. We could sit here and wish other people could do it. We can sit and complain about our fears, but none of that matters. The goal for this year, along with whatever goals I choose to set later on, is let's find one person to invest in, to let them know the Lord loves them, to care for them, to heal them, to walk with them. If every single person here did this, we'd double the people at church. And that's why the Catholic Church continues to decline. You're hearing all this kind of bad news. If we want to see an increase of believers, if we want more people to come do it, then we've got to be willing to do it. You don't got to be some great preacher to travel everywhere. You don't have to be the Pope to do it. You don't even have to be a priest to do it. You can do it yourself by taking the time to invest in one person, to show them that personal, intimate love of the Lord. That's what changes minds. That's what changes hearts. And that's what's going to change the church. And that's what's going to change the world. Amen.